A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's, there's nothing more relaxing than... Disco. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hello. Hello. So, first off, I need to apologize in a, in a groveling manner for it being a late episode of Adrift, which we'll come on to in a minute. And I need to explain that, contrary to what I said on the last episode, I am not. In Chicago. It's all very confusing, really. You're going to have to sort of tell us exactly what's happened. Yes, yeah, so, so I'll, I'll come on to that. Okay. But I'll, I'll, I'll start, I guess, by telling you where I am. Mm. I am in the English countryside. Lovely. Now, um, I, I, I'll explain about the Chicago situation. It was a bit of a disaster later. But I thought, what, what can I do to make up for the fact that I'm not going overseas to see my in-laws? I thought, let's, let's go for a relaxing stay in a, in a country house hotel, and, and this is what we did. And I searched to find one that had good facilities for a toddler. So, so basically, I can just sort of dump him off on a qualified childcare professional uh, a couple of a couple of times a day. Right. Um, and and because we're travelling with him, it was very specific requirements I had. Uh, so we've ended up in a cottage on the grounds of this country house hotel, and it has a separate bedroom that Jean can sleep in. Okay. Are you still with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the amazing thing about it was when, when I booked it, I just got this fantastic rate. This place would ordinarily be out of my price range, mm. and, and yet it came up as so cheap. I thought, I've got to book this straight away before somebody else does. Right. So I got here, and I found out why it's such a cheap rate. <laughs> right, Okay. <laughs> So we're, we're in this cottage at the, the end of the, the driveway, the entrance to this country house hotel. Yeah. And uh, their summer period is over, so they've decided to use these days to have their driveway resurfaced. Oh. <laughs> so every morning at about half past seven, like there's just this procession of trucks and tractors oh, and oh. diggers and steamrollers and, you know, gentlemen using salty language to shout to each other it's um how idyllic it's, it's quite it's quite <laughs> is, is, something is this, yeah, this it's, true it's, england come on enjoy it's, it that's I what that's what english it. english holidays are all about like it's to such an extent that if, if we want to go to the main building we're not allowed to walk along the driveway because it's in such a state of maintenance they have to send a golf buggy to pick us up and we have to go around <laughs> all these weird service roads where they usually have deliveries <laughs> I hope it was really cheap. But um it was it was a really good, good rate but good. um one of the um one of the other great things about it so so you know when I come out of the cottage in the morning I have a little chat with the workmen who are resurfacing the drive doing the tarmacking yeah. and one of them said to me this morning you all right buddy buddy isn't that nice buddy that's lovely that means you're friends now you've made friends it does yeah you've made holiday friends enjoy- jeff <laughs> I can't believe it. I, n- I never enjoy I never enjoy a mate, but um a buddy is 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 very enjoyable, I think. It's lovely. So apologies for the podcast being late. The reason being that I brought all my recording kit with me, but I forgot to bring the wire that gets the sound off the recording kit onto my computer and then beams it out as a podcast. So uh, sorry about that. And Annabelle, thank you for putting out a little message earlier in this, early in the week. It's okay. 
I mean, I don't know what that message said because it hasn't been recorded yet. But I know you, you're going to do it, so thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. Hey, they've they've got a they've got a swimming pool here at the hotel. Oh, nice. Which um, so here's here's a question for you. They're, they're also doing. You can tell what time of year it is. They're doing maintenance in the swimming pool changing uh, swimming pool changing rooms as well. Yeah. Um, I never feel that comfortable in a changing room anyway as you might expect mm. it's it's very odd being naked around someone with a drill i think <laughs> I've, I've never even tried to imagine it but <laughs> yeah, i'd imagine it would be now thinking quite odd yeah yeah it's not good <laughs> very odd. Uh, the other thing i've become paranoid about is i'm worried that i dry myself incorrectly oh see this is the thing that no one ever sees you do and so if you had to do it in front of someone else you suddenly realize you're doing it wrong all these years in what way do you think you might be doing it wrong i don't even know but i I was trying to watch how other people i just got it in my head what if i've been drying myself wrong all these years so then i was trying to like watch other people drying themselves and and see if there was anything they were doing that was noticeably different but then then i became worried Mm. that Mm. what if like these gentlemen drawing themselves think that I'm a, a pervert of some kind it would look that way yes yeah yeah it would so you, so you didn't find out then if they were in some way more professional at drawing themselves than you no but I thought if we do an adrift live t- live show <laughs> anytime soon we could we could all get wet <laughs> and then like do a communal drying how does that sound I think I could probably just do it the towel over our clothes just as a demonstration I don't think we needed to get wet I'm not sure that was necessary such a killjoy such a party pooper Please join me in this bubble that has been forever locked in the glass by the blower. It's, it's their breath. It's horrible. Adrift. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. So we would love to hear from you. If you haven't shared your story yet or if you've got a new one you want to share with us, then you can email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Okay, this is from Dean. He says, I used to fly from London back to my hometown of Middlesbrough every few months to see family and friends, cheaper than the extortionate train. The nearest airport I could fly to was Newcastle. Now, being from Middlesbrough, I have what most people would consider a Geordie accent with a tint of a Yorkshire twang. However, in Newcastle, it is full on Geordie. On my return to London, I arrive at the airport and proceed to the check-in desk. The lady there has an incredibly strong Geordie accent, which I have to listen to intently to understand. Near the end of the check-in, she hands me a tag and goes on to say, put this on your hand for courage. Now, in my head, I question this, but being a typical drifter, I decide not to ask her to clarify or to say it again. I think that maybe this is a new service offered to passengers who are nervous flyers. And this tag on the wrist is some sort of fast pass to get through security, the airport and boarding without unnecessary hassle to keep the passenger feeling calm. I actually decide that this is what it is. It it must be right. I don't think I look nervous or anxious, but hey-ho, I proceed to attach said tag around my wrist. As I pass through security, I flash my wrist tag at one of the security guards and say, Hi, uh, I've got this tag on. What do I do? He looks dumbfounded and proceeds to say, That tag needs to be placed on your hand luggage? It was at this point (laughs) I realised my mistake and concluded the lady at the check-in desk did say, Put this on your hand luggage and not put this on your hand for for courage. I squirmed, (laughs) laughed it off and carried on through the airport knowing that I must have sounded like a complete idiot to that security guard. Just another day in this drifter's life. Oh, that's so good. Isn't it? That's so good. Put this in your hand for courage. (laughs) And he did. Oh, so nice. Okay, this is from Antonia in Manchester and she adds Chalton to be specific in case Jeff (laughs) in case Jeff is interested I am very interested Chalton come hardy yeah that's where I've told you many times we used to go to the pub quiz on a Sunday night at the horse and jockey oh the horse and jockey yes okay Chalton Chalton on the green there yeah okay right I was there just the other week in Chalton had a very nice meal in a restaurant called Amma's Kitchen that sounds nice Lovely. Okay. This is what Antonia says. I had swimming lessons every Saturday from a fairly young age. So by the time it came to have school swimming lessons, age seven, I was already a fairly competent swimmer. On what must have been the first school swimming lesson back after a holiday, I don't even think it was our first ever school swimming lesson, the instructors split us into four groups based on ability, ranging from beginners in group one to advanced swimmers in group four. For some reason, I was put into the beginners group, i.e. the group with the children who couldn't swim. 
I was given armbands and told to put them on before getting into the shallow pool that must have only come up to my waist. Rather than tell the instructor that I could, in fact, swim, I accepted the armbands and got into the shallow pool. I then spent the lesson floating near the back, gingerly trying to copy the other children in my group and imitate someone who couldn't swim. This went on for several weeks and I remember dreading the school swimming lessons. I felt so stupid having to pretend that I couldn't swim, but I was also worried about being found out and having them ask, why on earth didn't you just say you could swim? To which there was no good answer. Then, during the lesson a few weeks later, one of the instructors suddenly singled me out whilst I was flapping around in my armbands and bellowed, What are you doing in this group? You should be in group two. I awkwardly got out, removed my armbands and made my way over to group two and joined in. After about five minutes, the instructor of this group shouted out to me, You're too good for this group. You should go to group three. Made my way over the pool where group three were, probably with my face as red as a tomato. I joined in and again, after a few minutes, the group instructor shouted out to me, you should be in the top group. I got out and made my way over to the top group, made up of only a select few. Within the space of about 15 minutes, I had been promoted from the beginners group to the top group, which I think must be some sort of record. Despite the immense embarrassment, I was glad that I could finally swim properly in the lessons from then on. I'd love to say that now I'm in my late 20s, I'm a much more assertive person. Unfortunately, that is not the case. That's brilliant. Isn't that one of your great fantasies? What, just suddenly having this amazing talent that I didn't know and just being discovered. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, just yeah, trying yeah, something yeah. the first time and it just being like, oh, wow, she is a genius. In yeah, this. I mean, yeah. That, that is as close as you'll get to that by being a ringer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah unfortunately yes. so. Okay, finally, this is from Catherine, and she says, After hearing Jeff's story about almost shushing a group of adults with special needs in the theatre, I thought I should share my story. I went to the theatre with my mum last year. I can't remember what we saw. My sister works in a West End theatre and sometimes gets freebies for us, but I think it was Sunny Afternoon, the story of the kinks. Anyway, not long after the show started, the lady behind me started talking, not whispering, but talking, and pretty much non-stop. I thought she might stop after a few minutes, but it soon became clear that she wasn't going to. So I turned my head towards her and shushed her with the obligatory finger to my lips. It almost worked. She reduced the talking to a whisper. But that was good enough that we could enjoy the show without it being a distraction. Then came the interval. The lights came up. And as I stood up, it became obvious what the situation was. Her husband was blind and she had been describing the action on the stage Uh, to him so he could fully enjoy uh... the show. I quickly sat back down. I didn't get an ice cream. I didn't go to the toilet. And I definitely (laughs) didn't make eye contact with her. Oh, that's magnificent. More of these, please. Share your story with us. Email hello at adriftpodcast.com. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port in a show called Adrift. Annabelle. Yes. You have a story ready to go. I do, yes. Uh, What's it about this week? It's about my 15 minutes of fame. Now, as everybody knows, as Andy Warhol said, in the future, everyone will be world famous for 15 minutes. Although I'm not sure that he was right because there are 7.2 billion of us. And even if you shared your 15 minutes with 10 others, which is stretching a fame a bit quite a lot. And for example, I can't even remember the name of the third person who went up to the moon for the first moon landings. (laughs) But if you shared it with 10 others, I worked out that it would take 308,219 years for us all to have our 15 minutes of fame. My maths might be wrong there, so nobody check. But still, (laughs) it's clear that it's just not possible. However, and I'm not saying that I'm special. However, I have had mine. If we once again stretch the meaning of the word fame... And divide it up into two chunks, one five-minute one and one ten-minute one. So the five-minute one first. I had my photo in the Evening Echo, the local paper in South End, twice. The first time I was about nine and I'd taken part in a speech and drama competition and they did a feature on this and accompanying it was a big photo of my face, a close-up, and I'm smiling with my chin resting on my fist, which well, the whole thing was a bit weird because I didn't win or even come second or third. And there were some whispers that it was because my friend Susie Hurley's mum and dad worked at the paper, so may have pulled some strings. But I say to that, I entered this competition with Susie Hurley and she also had her photo taken by the Echo photographer and she won the competition and her photo didn't appear and mine did. And maybe her parents didn't like her photo or maybe they're <laughs> insisting her face was blurred out 
uh, like Kate Moss's kid. I don't know. <laughs> but the second time my photo appeared in the Evening Echo, I had actually won a competition, a radio one, when I got best on it contributor a category so prestigious it was axed the following year in a well something's <laughs> gone wrong if Annabel Port is getting an award kind of way and when I rang my dad to tell him I'd won the very next thing I said was please don't ring the Eden Echo though because it's embarrassing so he put the phone down and he picked it up again and he rang the Eden Echo and I made it to page seven which I'm very proud of because when he'd <laughs> rung them on discovering I've been nominated I only made it to page 36 so <laughs> page seven was good he did call them up again about he called them up again recently about me I think he must have them on speed dial now <laughs> or as they have it on a nuisance caller alert in fact, no he called them up twice recently this is when my book was published he wanted to get them to do a story on how a local girl has a book out even though I haven't lived in South End for 25 years and with all due respect to me it was it was a crowdfunded book <laughs> in the end they said for me to email with a press release which he passed on to me obviously because it's easier to ignore an email than endless <laughs> calls from an irate 78 year old so i didn't make it into the paper that time sadly so that's my five minutes of fame now if you're ready it's time for my big 10 minutes yes so we're going back to the 80s when children's bbc had the broom cupboard so it was a presenter, if people don't know, a presenter introducing the children's late afternoon shows from a little cupboard. And he was decorated by lots of works of art sent in by the listeners. First presenter was Philip Schofield with Gordon the Gopher. Uh, Andy Peters did it, Andy Crane. But for eight weeks in 1986, when Philip Schofield took a break, he was replaced by a female. And that female was... No, not me. I was still at primary school. Come on. It was Debbie Flint. And she'd been a contestant on Bruce Forsyth's Generation Games. So perhaps the first example of a kind of reality show star become a TV presenter. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, I was really, I don't know why, but I was really into her for some reason. It's weird how you latch on to things. Like she was only there for eight weeks, but I became briefly obsessed by her. To the extent that I made a banner for her to hang in the broom cupboard. I'd basically just sellotape some paper together to make it. And I wrote, Debbie Flint, welcome, in bubble writing using felt tips. Why I chose Debbie Flint welcome rather than the more traditional welcome Debbie Flint, I, I have no idea. <laughs> but she didn't hold it against me as the following week it was on display on the wall behind her. And if you Google image Debbie broom cupboard, you can see it on the third result. It's, it's, it's there on the internet. It's so exciting. And that wasn't the only artwork because one day Debbie made some kind of mistake. Sadly, I can't remember the exact details, but I think it was something like she forgot to introduce Danger Mouse and then she apologised afterwards. So I made her a little sign, like a, you know, like a name card at a wedding, but longer. And it said on it, don't forget to introduce Danger Mouse to sort of act as an aid memoir to her. And she, she put that up on her desk. I can't see that on Google Images. So both me and my sister sent things in. I can't remember what hers was. And when we saw our art in the broom cupboard on the television, we screamed so loudly that our dad ran to us, convinced that something horrific had happened, fell over the hoover and really hurt his leg. So, so all in all, it's a very happy memory. <laughs> I suppose I should point out that there was quite a lot of kids' artwork on her desk and walls. It was quite crammed, in fact. But I won't let this distract from my moment of glory because you know all those people that had their art on the gallery and take heart ha is that the third result on google images now maybe for a <laughs> few people so this definitely definitely was my 10 minutes of fame shoo, 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 shoo. annabelle i feel awful i've not asked you about your big events last night at oh, the fringe festival yes yes um it was it was just wonderful it was lovely so people turned up then? Yeah, it was a it was a full house. Um, lots of people came and it was a lovely mix of local people and drifters. I met some very, very lovely dishes here. And all the local people were really nice people as well. And I feel like everyone was talking to each other and getting on. It was really nice. It was lovely. Could you, could you tell the difference between the two because the drifters were sort of sympathetic to what you were doing and the local people were stony-faced? <laughs> No, the local people were just as nice. It was, yeah, I feel I may have converted some to be drifters. I don't know. It's early days. Oh, this this is wonderful yeah, news. Yeah, this, yeah. This, this is great news. But it, it, I was absolutely thrilled because um, 
uh, I, I basically, they, it's a Wanted Fringe Festival and I contacted them saying that I'd be happy to do a book reading at any kind of event they were doing, thinking there'd be some kind of pre-arranged event and I would do a very brief like 10 minute reading at one of these events and then they gave yes. me two hours to fill um, and I was absolutely terrified of filling two hours but, but I did it, I managed it. You did two hours? Did it, kind of, if, you know, we'll say... Like, That's longer than a lot of films. <laughs> There was um, there was a break in the middle, and also there was a bit at the end where we were chatting, and I was selling books, so that was nice. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but yeah, I did a Q and A, and people actually asked questions, even though just in case I brought along some questions for people to ask that I would force upon them, just in case no one asked any questions. But I didn't even need to use them. That's, did anybody ask any un- uncomfortable probing questions? No, that was brilliant as well. There was no, there was no uncomfortable personal questions. Okay, so I, I call it a big success. Well, speaking of uncomfortable personal information, mm. uh, the Partners podcast is ready to go. It's not. Yeah, so Emily Harrison has emailed it to me. Now, I'm in the countryside and I haven't downloaded it on the uh, dodgy hotel Wi-Fi yet. But as soon as I'm back, which probably will be about the same time as we end up releasing this episode, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll get it up there on Patreon for the Patreon supporters. Are you going to listen to it first? I'm not going to listen to it. I'm not going to listen to it full stop. No, I think I'm going to listen to yeah. it. I think I am. I d- I don't think you should. Oh. You never hear anything nice about yourself listening at doors, oh. somebody once said to me. Okay, I'm not going to listen to it. Oh, that's brilliant. That's... Eavesdropping on other people, is, you never hear anything you want to hear about yourself doing that. No, so. no. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm really glad that because um, that was one of the questions last night. Someone said, when's the Partners podcast coming out? And I said, the very vague soon. But it really yeah. is soon. Yeah, no, Emily, uh, I'm so grateful to her. We'll have to send her a little something yeah. to say thank you. But she's she's edited it and uh, it'll be it'll be ready to go, like I say, probably, probably now. So if you support us on Patreon, patreon.com stroke adrift, uh, even if it's just an American dollar a month, what's that, 70p a month mm. for four pod- podcasts, um, then you will get access to, to that, I guess. Actually, is do you get access for that? No. Now I think about it. You give it you away. Get ti- <laughs> you get a title. You get a title for seventy p a month. Yeah, yeah. Is it two dollars? What is it? Two dollars? Five dollars? I, I think. Can't I what think. It's, I think it's two dollars and above that you get the uh, the partners podcast. But but it's all on the the web page, isn't it? Soon. So seventy p a fortnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. The the rewards, which um, I've not looked at for a while. Sorry. Um, I should know them off by heart. Mm. Uh, you can you can find them all at Patreon dot com stroke adrift jeff lloyd and annabelle port are adrift with you which is saying something about you all right on to the incident which this week is a discussion between myself and my wife about why we are here at a country house hotel in the UK rather than in Chicago. <laughs> so, Sarah, we're not in Chicago. No. I said on last week's podcast we were going to be in Chicago. We're, 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 we're not in Chicago. We were looking forward to this holiday. Yes. We've both had a very busy couple of months. Yes. You've been in Edinburgh. You've uh, been doing all this cover work while yeah. other people are on holiday. And we were just sort of limping towards the finish line to be able to go over there, yes. have some late summer, early autumn yes. Chicago weather. More importantly, be around Jean's grandparents so that we could just fob Jean off on them and get some time to ourselves. Yes, exactly. And, and rest. Yes, and we were so looking forward to it. And that hasn't happened. No. Now, the thing that's been going on concurrently with Edinburgh preparing for a holiday is... I have been studying for a test called Life in the UK, which is something that I need to pass to get indefinite leave to remain, which is sort of the thing that you do that's less of a big deal than becoming a citizen. And how does this tap into us not being in Chicago? Because you did all the legwork of registering me for the test. You did that. What I've been telling people is that you did it because that was your job and studying was my job. But the fact of the matter is you do all paperwork in our marriage in a way that is humiliating, but you do do it. So you registered for me for the test. I studied, I studied, I studied, I studied. I was so exhausted, but I just kept studying. I just come back from Edinburgh, but all I did was study. And you're supposed to give yourself like six weeks. And I was like, I'll do it in one. Watch me go. And I studied and I studied and I showed up to my test and my brain was packed full of all this information. And the guy asked me for my paperwork and I handed it to him so that he could send me in the test center. And he said, 
said, Miss Barron, I'm so sorry, you can't take the test. You registered yourself as having being bo- been born in the UK, which of course I didn't do. You filled out the paperwork. But it was just a little mistake. So I feel that every, a... everything else, it had your American passport number. It had the fact you were born in Lake Forest, Illinois. I just selected from the drop down by mistake. Country, UK, UK instead of US. And I don't know if I did it because I'm accustomed to clicking UK. I don't know if I just like clicked it by mistake. You know, it was a little from, thing from a drop down. But but what, why why would they have UK as an option? Because if you were born in the UK, you don't need to be taking the life in the UK test. So that happens. I call you up. You rage about all of it, sort of as you just did. But if you just gave us a two, you were raging at a 10. So I was I was like this. What? This is ridiculous. Why Why can't they just look? It's clearly a mistake. Go in, talk to them. I mean, this is ridiculous. This is how I'm being on the phone, right? Right. But what you're doing right now is sort of like a performance for your radio listeners, whereas <laughs> what you were doing in real life was like real rage, it right? Had, and it had foul language in it. Yeah. And just yeah. like real yeah. rage, yeah. right? Yeah. So I then become so upset that you haven't acknowledged, you haven't just said the words, I'm sorry. I get off the phone in a state of rage and exhaustion and all of these things. I call up my friend and I start screaming about your behavior. And amidst the screaming, we still are not 100% sure what happens, but what we think happens is that my uh, residence permit, which is essentially like a little credit card that you carry around in your passport, it falls out of my um, passport. I lose it forever. So I go from enraged that I can't take the test and I have to keep studying during the holiday to, oh, we're not going on a holiday because we find out after hours of phone calls with lawyers, it's a really bad idea to travel even if you have a passport without your residence permit. This could jeopardize your whole visa application. Yeah, so thing. it's just, it's not worth it. So we're told that we can't go on the holiday. So here's, here's what so I don't. was feeling at the time. I think I would have got to an apology, but my instant reaction was to rage against the machine. What a stupid system it is that something's clearly a mistake. There should be a human there able to recognize human error. There should be a, a, a person who can see this as a mistake and make a judgment. And, and that is what is... The awful thing about I mean, it's awful that I've made a mistake on a drop down, but it, it's it's such it's it's such a small thing by comparison to them not being. And I'm raging against this, and I want you to be angry with them with me, which I would have done, and which I was, but I just needed a moment of. Oh my God, Sarah! No, I didn't. It, it's okay. I would. Oh my God! So you needed the move. apology first. No, I. It's it's what I would have done, but I just needed it eventually. But you would have got there. You, you would have got the apology eventually. See, now I just think we're devolving into where we were before. I'm trying to keep this on top. <laughs> this is the second time we tried to have this. Yeah, conversation. and we just wound up getting but, into the same but, argument but, again but, the first but time. But my, my my point is, I would have said sorry. But often in in life, you you will take the side of the opponent rather than me. This is go. We can't. This goes in too many directions. <laughs> I'm do. not getting into it right now. I'm not getting into it right you now. You do, and 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 and. And then because you were angry at me for not saying sorry, then I became angry at you for not being enough of a grown-up to be able to fill a foreman in the first place. Right. But that, I mean, that's you lose, that's you grasping at straws for just what this, this is, this is, this is worse than the last one. To stay on target. So so that's why we didn't get to go so to we, Chicago. So we didn't go to Chicago because in a rage at you for not apologizing about filling out a form incorrectly, I flung my visa onto the streets of Stratford. But would you have passed the test? I think I would have. What did the Chartists campaign for? The right to vote for 18-year-olds, the right to vote for the working class, the right to vote for 21-year-olds, or the right to vote for women? Right to vote for working class. Is the right answer. What created the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland? The Great Governments, the Act of Union, the Great Union, or the Act of Government? Act of Union. Is the right answer. Yay. Where is the cenotaph located? Dorset, Whitehall, Trafalgar Square or Wiltshire? Whitehall. Is the right answer. Yes. Who is Queen Elizabeth II married to? Prince, Prince Philip. Know it already. Is the right answer. Uh, which of these is famous classical Ugh. music event in the UK? Tea in the Park, the Proms. Proms. The Proms is the right answer. Who appoints life peers? The Prime Minister, the Monarch, the Speaker or the Shadow Cabinet? Appointed by the Monarch. Uh, is the right answer. Where was Robert Burns from? Scotland. Scotland. 
Okay, it's the right answer. What's the capital of London? England? Is the right answer. Which flag has a white cross on a blue background? Scottish. Is the right answer. Uh, the UK government hasn't used the power to use the power to suspend the Northern Ireland Assembly. True or false? False. Is the right answer. What is not a fundamental principle of British life? Oh, you should read these all out. Looking after the environment, looking after yourself and family, driving a car. Or treating others with fairness. Driving a car. Is the right answer. Who was the first Briton to win the Olympic gold medal in 10,000 metres? Mo Farah, David Weir, Sir Chris Hoy or Bradley Wiggins? These sports ones are difficult, but I think it's Mo Farah. Is the right answer. Roast beef is a traditional food of which country? Scotland, England, Northern Ireland or Wales? England. Is the right answer. Uh, which two British film actors have recently won Oscars? Colin Firth, Leonardo DiCaprio, Tilda Swinton or Jackie Stewart? Tilda and Colin. Correct. Uh, which two are British overseas territories? Falkland Islands, Islands, St. Helena or Hawaii? Falkland Islands and St. Helena. Yes. Which flower is associated with England? Thistle, daffodil, rose or shamrock? Rose. <sighs> When did the first Christian communities appear? Fourth Should we just, let me say something quickly? There, because so people can have a sense of an ending. Yeah, we're at question seventeen. We have to get to twenty-four. Okay, uh, fourth and fifth centuries, third and fourth centuries, second and third centuries, or first and second centuries. Do you want to repeat the question? When, when did, did the, the first... first Christian communities appear in Britain? Third and fourth centuries is the right answer. Who built the Tower of London? Oliver Cromwell, William the Conqueror, Henry the Eighth, or Henry the Seventh? William the Conqueror. Is the right answer. Which charity works to preserve important buildings? National Trust, NSPCC, Age UK or the Red Cross? National Trust. Is the right answer. When is Christmas Eve? Oh, 24th December. See, some are very easy. What palace was a cast iron and plate glass building originally erected in Hyde Park, London, England to house the Great Exhibition of 1851? Crystal Palace, Dream Palace, Great Palace, Gold Palace. Crystal Palace. Is the right answer. Uh, three to go. When's St. David's Day? 17th of March, 1st of March, 30th of November or 23rd of April? 1st of March. Is the right answer. Which of the following is part of the UK? Channel Islands, Wales, Canada or St. Helena? Wales. It's the right answer. And your final question. Which of these UK landmarks is in Wales? Snowdonia, the Lake District, Loch Lomond or the Giant's Causeway? Snowdonia. Is the right answer. I got 24 out of 24. And I just want to say those questions are, are a lot easier than some yeah, of the some ones of you have. Some of them are really hard. Because I spent that... a lot of time on social media moaning on about how ridiculous these questions are. Was that the are. exam? Was uh, that from that exam? Remember we saw that? Yeah, count? I don't know. But you, you, you got it all right. And um, hopefully you'll pass. I've the said, you know, I test. try to um, make sure that I don't get too many, too many opportunities in that nepotistically off the mm. back of your mm. wild success <laughs> but i have suggested that i do think i should be on reasons to be cheerful me and ed miliband, miliband. taking that test side by side i think would be okay i'll make it happen funny all right we could do it as a little video here a little video here a little video <laughs> all right all right we're done here <laughs> problem with the way that you're judging this woman's behavior <laughs> like i think she's you know she should be free to do what she wants to do with no judgment i, I think it's a very dated way of looking at these things and i would also point out and i think this is key it's upsy daisy's bed 
it is that Iggle Piggle keeps getting into but, uh, very good point so really should we yeah. be judging Iggle Piggle for judging anybody exactly exactly so just wanted to address that mm-hmm. um I'll tell you what I've been doing do you ever do this when, you, when you're on holiday you um you judge the other people when you're having dinner you look around the restaurant and you try and figure out who they are mm. and um so so looking around the other night i feel that i saw a group of five women who are having a fine time but none of them are really enjoying it that much and i think one of them's been really trying to organize this for years and they finally capitulated and come away on this weekend mm. and and they all think yeah this is kind of fun but there's other stuff i'd rather be doing with different people so i think i've spotted that right uh, i think i've spotted a couple who are perhaps uh, contestants on a reality show that I would never have heard of and probably feature in things like Heat magazine. Whoa, really? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They've just got that look yeah, of yeah. young and a particular type of glamorous, you know. Yeah. Um, who else have I seen? <laughs> We've seen a big a big man who my wife is referring to as Big Durr. <laughs> Durr? <laughs> big Durr, right. you know, like a big strapping guy. Right, right. Um, who else? Uh, we, uh, oh, I, th- I think we've seen um, a father and his two adult sons on holiday with their new stepmom trying oh. to forge a bond and it's not going very well. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and what do you think everyone else is saying behind you and your wife's back? What are they saying about you? I give it six months. <laughs> yeah, that you're listening. It's happening. Do you know it? Do you like it? When will you be here in the future? I will be here in the future. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Okay, on to um, Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic. We're not in Problematic this week, as you know. No. I'm sitting on a sun lounger. I just want to say, I've not mentioned this yet, I'm sitting on a sun lounger in the little back garden area of this cottage, and it is drizzling. Oh, that's a yeah. perfect English holiday. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're not in Problematic. Um, who's the first one from? It's from Sarah Dudley. She says, yes. hello, hello, Jeff and Annabelle. Some advice needed from the GLAP clinic at Problematic, please. Or at least some reassurance that my anxiety regarding sauna etiquette is not entirely unique. I was just on holiday in a caravan park with the family. We went to the park's pool and while there, I asked my husband to look after the kids whilst I popped into the sauna. I promised that I'd only be 10 minutes. When I entered the tiny sauna, there was a family of three already sitting there, an elderly Asian lady and her two adult daughters. Although I don't find sitting with strangers particularly relaxing, I couldn't exactly walk straight out in case they thought it was because of them. So I went in, tried to look relaxed and not at all eavesdropping on their family time, whilst they conversed in hushed tones in another language. Finally, they decided to leave. Brilliant, now's my chance to wait an extra minute and then leave myself. Obviously, you can't leave at the same time. That would look weird. Unfortunately, as they walked out, a man walked in. Well, then I'm sure you'll understand that I then had to stay in so he wouldn't think I was walking out because of him. Anyway, about 45 minutes later, I was finally able to rejoin my family. Hubby said, you've gone more than 10 minutes, so you relaxed. I told him about being trapped by my anxiety after possibly having anyone think I might be leaving the sauna because of them. He called me a weirdo. So my question is, particularly for the Scandinavian loving Jeff, is there a socially acceptable time to be in a sauna? And when can you leave without looking as though you're leaving because of somebody else entering or being in the sauna? I mean, I... I I, I think like I would have behaved in the exact same way as you did there, but I think Scandi- I think if you were a Scandinavian, if you're a Finn, for example, I don't think you'd be worrying too much about other people's feelings in that particular situation. I don't think it would occur to a Finn that that was rude. So you could be more Finnish, I guess. And if you are a Finn and you're listening to this and you're thinking, Jeff, no, you've really mis- misjudged us as a nation, then um, then then do let me know about it. Um, if it was if it was reversed. And if if yeah. you walked into a sauna and someone else left, what would you think? Would you think it's because of you? Yes, yes. <laughs> right, okay, okay. Yeah. But I do think a normal person would probably think, oh, they've been here in here ages. I, I have to say, I think two to three minutes is fine yeah. in this situation. We had a similar one of these a while ago about a swimming pool, didn't we? Uh, um, yeah. And I can't remember what rule I established with that, but a sauna specifically, Mm-mm. I think... 
you know, if you, if you play a little song in your head, if you, the duration of a pop song in your head mm. is how long you should stay in the sauna for and then leave. Oh, that's a great way of doing it. It's like an, yeah. it's like an egg timer thing in your head. Brilliant. Yes. Okay, well, yeah. well, I'm totally in agreement with that. So that is sorted out now. Good. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to Chris. He says, I wonder if you could advise on how I should have dealt with this situation, please. I live on a relatively quiet residential road on the fringe of Liverpool. One day I'm wasting time aimlessly browsing the internet when I thought... I know, I'll see if Google Maps have updated the street view of my road, as I assume everyone does. I clicked on and was pleased to see that it had been. I made my way over to my house to see if I was in or if mine or my wife's car was there. (laughs) To my surprise, they weren't. But there was a car neatly reversed into my driveway that I didn't immediately recognise. That's strange, I thought. It then dawned on me that this was the guy from across the road's car. I scanned the camera around to his house and sure enough, there he was, standing in his doorway, clearly watching the Google car drive past. I was quite amused that the caught red-handedness of it, but also curious about why he would do this. He has a driveway himself and, like I say, it's a quiet road with space to park. Me and my wife both work routine hours Monday to Friday, so I began wondering, did he always do this? We always exchange pleasantries with my excellent small talk such as, Hi, how's it going? This weather, eh? Okay, see you then. (laughs) But all I can think is, he must know that I know. So should I say something? Like, why hasn't he said something? Can I say something out of curiosity or amusement without sounding like it bothers me? I was certain it was written on my face that I knew his not-so-terrible secret. (laughs) Anyway, the situation fortunately resolved when he moved out about a year later, probably to escape the humiliation of being caught out as a rogue parker. Was it correct to just say nothing according to the Drifter Code of Conduct? Oh, God. I mean, that would have eaten away at me. Because why? Why, why would he do yeah, that? Yeah. It's quite weird. Yeah. yeah. I, I quite often will have an unsuccessful interaction of this kind prefaced by me saying, let me ask you a question. <laughs> you will have heard me say that loads of times. Yeah. Yeah. To- let, let me ask you a question. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and so you, you, you might have gone, let me ask you a question. Why, why do you sometimes park on my drive? I would have gone, let me ask you a question. I was perusing Google the other night, looking at the various things that are on there. And I happened across the street view of our street. And then imagine my surprise when your car was in the driveway of our house. And then furthermore, imagine when when I then scrolled round to your house and there was nothing in your driveway, just you looking looking at you know I would have given it all that I I, I think no. I would have invited them round for I would have invited them round for dinner oh, like just oh. had a perfectly convivial evening yeah. and then steered the conversation round to Have you seen that they've got this uh, this Google Street View these days? <laughs> hey, why don't why don't we have our, a look at our street just for fun? No, yeah, That's a you know, like I was uh, like I was Poirot gathering the suspects right oh you've hit onto it because that when, before when you were just saying that you would just bring it up i think that no one looks good in that situation because you look slightly weird going on google street yeah. view a lot and and then sort of noticing it and then pointing it out and they look weird for doing it but yeah be like oh this would be a laugh let's see if... yeah yeah and then and then be like what hold on a minute why is your car there <laughs> and maybe yeah, they'll I... find out yeah, but I mean, can I just acknowledge that the truth of the matter is I wouldn't have said anything. Oh, this, this is all just fine, like fine. fantasies that I'm playing out and playing out in my mind. So, so the Drifter Code of Conduct is obviously to say nothing, right? Yeah, yeah. of course it is. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, if you have a situation where you want to know what the rules are, uh, what the Drifter Code of Conduct is, then you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. <laughs> All right, there we go. It's the outro. Um, thank you for listening. Apologies once again for it being late this week. I feel terrible about it, but there you go. It's me being an idiot with this missing wire. Uh, thanks to Man and the Echo for the back of music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music during the incident and for editing the Partners podcast, which is available now. Um, speaking of partners, uh, thanks to Sarah for being on the Adrift, on the Adrift, on the Adrift. The podcast is called Adrift on the in, on the incident this week I don't know how that went because I haven't recorded that yet so I'm doing the outros with the thank yous in them but it's quite possible that my wife and I have separated as a result of that conversation so I I don't know Um, thanks to Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox 
They are our announcers and made the eye dance. Patrick Gunning and Iwana Babu provided technical support, as did Annabelle's lover Tom at your end. Yes, thank you, he Tom. Set, he set you up there. Yeah. Um, you're sitting on your bed at the moment. No, no, I'm, I'm sitting at the desk. I've got a desk in my bedroom. Oh, I was imagining the... Uh, the pyjama party scene from Greece oh sorry so far from that it's unbelievable yeah sorry you got your hair in rollers <laughs> yeah exactly so no not at all no not no. at all no um, who haven't we thanked that, oh uh, Carla Gowlett took the photos Kim Rainey made the artwork and I think we're fairly much done here um, this this has been okay hasn't it I mean it's not ideal well, Me, you haven't edited it yet Sunday. who knows <laughs> We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, uh, and that's it. If you want to email us, it's hello at adriftpodcast.com. And finally, remember, put this on your hand for courage. Adrift. Adrift. On to the podications. The first one comes from Ellie Brammer. Annabelle has put in brackets. Should have been for last week. I'd printed it out but forgot to give it to you. In Then in capital letters, I hate myself. I do hate myself, Ellie. I'm so sorry. Uh, dear Jeff and Annabelle, hiya. 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 I would like to cheekily ask for a podication for myself for around the 3rd of September, this being the date that I start my new job. It's quite a big change for me as I currently work two days a week in a shop and the rest of the week as a freelance bookkeeper. But my new job is in an office working every day. So I'm a teeny bit nervous and a publication would be lovely, a lovely thing to look forward to in my first scary week. I've been listening for a long time along with my husband, Matt, who introduced me to you in the early days. I've recommended the podcast to my friend who's been listening to you too. That's amazing. Yeah, wow. I, I, was, I was waiting for the punch. I was waiting yeah. for... But, you yeah, know, they hated it. Um, I currently work in the shop Fat Face. I've worked there on and off for seven years and I've loved working there and I'm slightly unsure about leaving, but I know it's the right thing to do for my family. Over the last couple of weeks, I have had the most amazing customers and it feels like when you're about to have your hair cut and everyone's saying how nice your hair is and then you have second thoughts about getting it cut. Uh. Um, Anyway, I was only saying to my husband the other day that no one famous has ever come into the shop, whereas my sister worked in Holland and Barrett around the corner and Noddy Holder used to come in all the time. Who'd have thought that Noddy Holder would be in that uh, health supplements and health food shop? Doesn't seem the type, does he? No. Uh, But this week I was stood in the shop staring out the door and it was a really quiet day when none other than Jeff walks past. At first I thought, no, it can't be. But I live and work in Macclesfield and as Jeff is from Macclesfield, uh, I thought, yes, it is him. I then tentatively smiled and he smiled back and then I can't believe I did this. I did absolutely nothing. Why didn't I come out of the shop and say hello? Why, by the time I felt definitely sure it was you, Jeff, uh, you had walked past and it would have meant running out of the shop and running after you and stopping you, then saying something completely incoherent and cringeworthy, then replaying the conversation in my head for days and cringing every time I thought of the babbling mess I was. Well, firstly, um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to have been responsible for somebody then like coming in and taking the contents of the petty cash (laughs) tin. So it's probably good that you didn't, you know, about abandoned your station during uh you know during duty but I don't know, it's always I, I always like saying hello I know like in real life like just talking to people generally I don't always like saying hello to for example a stranger on a bus but mm. it's always nice to meet people who listen to a drift and and when I, I remember it because um I, I then got into a panic in my own head thinking oh do I know you are you somebody I went oh, to school with really you remember yeah. it oh yeah 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 well Ellie tweeted me afterwards as well uh, so you know okay, it, it okay. stuck in my mind yeah, but yeah. Yeah, that, that was my thought I thought oh well, no that is I mean you look too young to be somebody I went to school with are oh. you a cousin of mine oh. and, and so it, yeah 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 um so ellie good luck in the new job sorry we're late on it and um i'm sure i'll be walking around macclesfield again but you probably won't see me from your office i'm guessing it's not public facing in the same way so you know that was our chance to say hello to each other (laughs) it's gone i know i'd been to see me auntie eileen you see i heard you sure how is she she right yeah, she was fine. My, uh, my, my cousin Rachel was there along with my, my other cousin, uh, Stephen Smith, who was visiting too, who I've, I've talked about before. He used to sell Santa hats outside McDonald's in Mactown Centre. Oh, all year round? 
<laughs> no, he used to. The rest of the year, he would sell lighters. You know, like um, five uh, gas. Yeah, was it yeah. five gas lighters for a pound or three? I right, can't remember. Right. You can always tell how well the economy's doing by how many <laughs> gas lighters you can get for a pound. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Catherine McCulloch writes next, who says, Hello, please say hi to my brother, Carl, who listens to the podcast, and remind him of the time our mam rang the computer shop, Mr Chips, to ask if they had the game Ghostbusters 2 for the Nintendo, and was met with the reply, I don't think so, love, this is a chip shop. <laughs> <laughs> as, she, as she rang Mr Chippy instead. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Easy mistake to make. Yeah, we've all done it. It was his it was his 40th on the 4th of August, and I think he was expecting a publication from me, but I'm lazy and never got round to it. Uh, it's also about time I contributed to the show with one of my most cringeworthy moments. When I was 13, I had a boyfriend that was so into amateur dramatics, and he wanted me to come and see him in a show. So I went and sat through it with his man. I remember one part of the show involved a girl dressed as Danny Zuko from Greece, miming to songs from the film. She was rubbish. There was an interval and my then boyfriend's man was talking to a woman who asked me how I was enjoying the show and I said, it's good, but that last rest is uh, Danny Zuko can't mime. That's my daughter, she replied. Oh. Then started going on about how her daughter was the understudy and she had to go on at the last oh. minute and hadn't had much time to rehearse. Oh, God, oh God this is so oh. awful. <laughs> Uh, uh, I feel sick thinking about it. It's still the most embarrassing time of my life. Even more embarrassing than the time I decided to go for a run with the dog and tripped over him in the street. <laughs> uh, keep up the okayish work and stay socially awkward. Catherine. Oh, Catherine, thank you for sharing that. And happy birthday to Carl. And finally, Lee Haywood says, Hi, Annabelle and Jeff. Hi. Hi. I apologise in advance, but I'd like a publication for my birthday on the 12th of September. I realise it's such short notice and you may have already recorded in advance. Well, actually, you'll be getting it late, even though today is the 11th September that we're recording. Mm. You'll be getting it late just due to my idiocy. So sorry about that. Uh, thanks again for such a heartfelt podcast that strikes so many chords with myself, Grand Chief Lee. I think that's what Annabelle's title was for me anyway. Well, have a good birthday. Happy Lee. birthday. Happy. The rain is really starting to come down, so oh, I'm going uh, okay. <laughs> to get out. I'm going to get electrocuted. Yes. So there we go. Uh, Ellie Brammer, good luck in the new job. Um, Carl, happy birthday from Catherine McCullough, your sister. And Lee, happy birthday. Grand Chief Lee. That was podcast. Sorry it's late again. And there'll be another one next week. Bye-bye, Annabelle. Over bye, and out. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.